We have uh, John Solomon coming up. The testimony also of Jonathan Turley and Nick DiPaolo joins us now. He is the host of the Nick DiPaolo Show, and you can find him at his website, nickdip.com. Uh, How are you? Where you been, lover? Ah, this, uh, this impeachment <laughs> hearing thing is just relentless. Oh, I, I gave up on it. We already know how it's going to work. Impeached in the House, and then he's not going to get convicted in the set. It's like following a bad uh, Judd Apatow movie. You know, <laughs> the boyfriend's going to be the idiot at the end, and the girlfriend's right. the hero. Right, so uh, right. I suggest you start watching more wrestling and football, Glenn. Don't follow this crap. I think you know, I, I really, I follow it against my will. I follow yes, it be- because I'm paid to follow it. Uh, but Me I too, honestly, kind of. I don't even know. I, I have no idea how anyone thinks this is going to end up in their favor. How does any Democrat think this is going to end up in their favor? I think at this point, they're just doing it because they're not legislating. They're not doing their jobs. So they have to look busy. And they've wanted Trump's head since he came down the escalator. They, but you're right. It's going to blow up in their face. And uh, I went to school with uh, Jonathan Turley. I went to George Washington, and uh, he tried to cheat off me. So <laughs> Did he really? <laughs> you don't think I went to that school, did you, Glenn? <laughs> well, I mean, there's, a, there's a chance. You're a, pretty, you're a pretty smart guy, but sounding like that, I don't. <laughs> I had a 2.4 in business administration at the University of Maine. <laughs> and that's with cheating. Right, right. Uh, but so, Turley's good. So, Nick, what have you been What have you been? paying attention to what have you been following what is yeah the nfl i got a real gambling problem but uh <laughs> so what do you think of uh this uh colin kaepernick thing what was it detroit he... had an opening they're going through everybody i think they called my daughter you know <laughs> would you be willing to try out kaepernick nothing uh, uh i called your daughter too yeah. Um, okay, that's disturbing. <laughs> that's really. I have no idea how old she is. That was just a joke. But even I have a daughter who's thirty and 30, 31. That's still disturbing that you're calling. No, her. it isn't. Yes, that it would is. be. Oh, come on. Uh, Kaepernick is a. He's a patriot. He's a true American. He loves this country. Let me. I, just his haircut says I hate Whitey. Okay. <laughs> I can't stand his terrorist beard. He's biracial. He acts like he's 2,000% black. He's at Alcatraz the other day talking to uh, Native Americans. Uh, you really think, did you really think a team was going to bite on him? The stadiums are still empty because of the crap he pulled. And uh, who, who, would, who would be dumb enough? Even, hey, when the Detroit Lions pass on you, <laughs> I mean, not, not exactly the new england patriots there yeah. i mean you know i was just you know I, mean? I, I, was, I was thinking about it when he did this you know he did his own tryout and then he wanted his own place to do the tryout and i yes. thought what team even if he was great what team wants this kind of hassle uh all the time this kind of drama all the time it, it would destroy I- a team I, I agree with that. But then, you know, Belichick went after Antonio Brown, so I started to have second thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, the guy's a cancer. He did such damage to, to the NFL. I really believe these half-empty stadiums, which you don't hear about, uh, have to do with that whole thing about nailing down. He started all of it, and there's no team desperate enough 
to, to bring this on. I, I really believe that. He, he's finished. He's got to find something else. Nike's made him a zillionaire. So why, why does anybody even buy anything Nike anymore? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Let's not forget that Colin Kaepernick lost his job to Blaine Gabbert before he started kneeling. This is oh, not an NFL superstar. Don't bring logic and reason into it, Stu. That's a great point. <laughs> What's wrong with this you? This is man? about emotion and a racist country <laughs> yeah. and well, gender and, and uh, the systemic racism that keeps this guy down. I have to tell you, I think there's a massive backlash coming to all this. It is everything in me says that uh, it's falling apart and... Uh, there's just going to be a just a large group of Americans who just stand up and go, shut up. Well, shut as long up. as they stand up during the national anthem, I won't have a problem with it. Yeah. When you say it back, I thought you were talking about the impeachment again. Are we talking about Kaepernick or the impeachment? <laughs> <laughs> Who's more anti-American, Adam Schiff or uh, Colin Kaepernick? Well, did, you, did you see what uh, AT&T and Schiff did? They, they somehow or another yes. got the phone records of the co-chair Nunez and the president and his uh, and his personal attorney. That's insane. Uh, how, how did they do that? That's that's hacking. I'm, it, uh, huh? they, the, the, the Washington Post said presumably oh, presumably with a warrant yeah. <laughs> well right there you're supposed to as a as a journalistic publication <laughs> isn't presumably yes. the thing you don't want to say <laughs> right. yeah. and, uh, we we heard fourthhand yeah that they got a i mean we just presume that they're doing this the right way <laughs> the, the bathroom attendant at the verizon building heard yeah. a guy right. talking to a guy who got nunez this is all underhanded it's all baloney uh Adam Schiff is creepy. He's drunk with power. And uh, just uh, after after two and a half years of the Russia investigation, I, I can't believe people uh, are still saying, yes, Trump should be impeached. This country deserves what it Nick, gets. I, I'm telling you, I don't think people are saying that. Nobody, nobody I talked to over well, the, the holiday, don't nobody the was talking about this. Well, that's a great... That's a great sample size, Glenn. You and your uncle and <laughs> no, 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 no. And- but no, no, no. But I've asked, I've asked other people as well. I mean, were you really having arguments about this at the at the dinner table? Because at the dinner table, even my dinner table during yeah. the election, there was all kinds of back and forth, and you know, polite, but all kinds of back and forth. Not on this. Everybody's just like, I, I don't care. Well, I got my sister-in-law in a headlock. We knocked over the turkey and the cranberry sauce. I almost choked her out, and then she saw it my way. Trump is clean as a whistle. Uh, we're going to get uh, back to the news here in a second, but Nick, before before we take a break here, uh, this, this uh, Saturday, Glenn Beck is going on the stage in uh, Salt Lake City uh, for his Christmas show, which some have uh, described mm-hmm. as stand-up comedy in the past. Um, now... I'm interested to see what your opinion would be. This is something not like this. friendly. And I'm wondering if there's a p- way, if we were to get you video of some of this performance, Don't if you would critique you it dare. And, and, and let us know if Glenn is actually good at this activity. 
Oh, it's sort of like a Dancing with the Stars thing. Well, I'll be one of the <laughs> oh judges. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh my gosh! I would no. love that. Yeah, oh I don't want to say the word roast, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, I don't think I, we... I couldn't do a roast on the Glenn Beck show. I can't even say poop without getting arrested. How am I going to do a roast? But I would love to see this footage. <laughs> no, Glenn, are you dressed like an angel? No, or, uh, <laughs> no, I have thought David? about that in the past. You know what, Nick? Honestly, yeah, uh, this was something they've been asking me to do this because we used to. I used to do about thirty, forty. Uh, shows uh, a year and as you know stand-up yeah. comedy is really hard and you have to really you know you work on it well this yeah. is a one-off show that you know i'm just going out and doing and i, I i'm so nervous it's just going to be flop sweat the what whole alcohol time. is for Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> for the love of, that's the first thing you put in your rider. Right. On the, I want a six pack of Mick Ultra. Right. In well, my uh, dressing room. Seeing that I'm an alcoholic, that might well oh, it may I, it would work for a good you know show what? quickly. A thousand apologies. Uh, weed is what you're looking for. <laughs> uh, no, I would love to see that. If yeah, you're no. a funny guy, you did radio. You shouldn't be nervous. You talk to 10 million people a week. Yeah. Come on, relax. Yeah. They're Mormons. They'll laugh at everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick DiPaolo, Nick Dip. You can f- find his comedy special, A Breath of Fresh Air. Uh, you can find that uh, at nickdip.com. You can watch it for free, nickdip.com. Uh, Nick DiPaolo, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Glenn, we're gonna thank you. Go, you bet. We're going to go to... Uh, Maybe some of the opening statement from Jerry Nadler here in just a second. I don't know if that's worth it, but we want to make sure that uh, uh, we get Jonathan Turley's uh, testimony in and John Solomon, who was spied on. Uh, I mean, does anybody have a problem with the journalists being tracked by the United States government? Because that's what they just did. Well, presumably they did it the right way, though. <laughs> presumably. Yeah, yes. that's how I'm going to say everything now. Because they certainly don't presume Donald Trump's innocence ever. Ever. Right? Ever. Presumably he had the best interests of the nation oh, yeah, uh, yeah, in yeah. mind when he made the call to Ukraine. Yeah. Because you could certainly presumably say it was all about his own political gain. But you could also say presumably he cared about the country. He's the president of the United States. Maybe that's uh, what's well, going on. Well, the surprise here is is that the press is presuming innocence when it comes to uh, uh, Schiff and the Democrats mm. and their impeachment. Uh, I, I'd like to see presumably how they did that. Uh, and how they presumably did that legally. But what the heck, that's just me. And apparently uh, Jonathan Turley as well, as you will hear in a few minutes. Let's quickly pop in to uh, Doug Collins. He is a Republican from Georgia. He is now, uh, he's a ranking uh, Judiciary Committee ranking member. He's making an opening statement for the GOP not been here before this is a new room it's new rules uh it's a new month we've even got cute little uh stickers for our staff so we can come in because we want to make this important this is impeachment because we've done such a terrible job of it in this committee before but what's not new is basically what's just been reiterated by the chairman what's not new is the facts what's not new is it's the same sad story what's interesting even before i get into to my Part of my opening statement was, is this what was just said by the chairman? We, were, we went back to a redo of Mr. Mueller. We're also saying, quoting him, saying the attention of the American people should be on foreign interference. I agree with him completely, except I guess the American people did not include the Judiciary Committee because we didn't take it up. 
We didn't have hearings. We didn't do anything to delve deeply into this issue. We passed election bills, but did not get into the in-depth part of what Mr. Mueller talked about, taking his own report and having hearings about that. We didn't do it. So I guess the American people doesn't include the House Judiciary Committee. Hmm. You know, the interesting, we also just heard an interesting discussion. We're going to have a lot of interesting discussion today about the Constitution and, and other things, but we also talked about the founders. What's interesting is that the chairman talked a lot about the founders from the quotes, and, and again, this is why we have the hearing, about the founders being concerned about foreign influence, but what he also didn't quote was the founders being really, really concerned about political impeachment because you just don't like the guy. You haven't liked him since November of 2016. <coughs> the chairman has talked about impeachment since last year when he was elected chairman, two years ago, November 17th, before he's even sworn in as chairman. So don't tell me this is about new evidence and new things and new stuff. We may have a new hearing room, we may have new mics, and we may have chairs that aren't comfortable, but this is nothing new, folks. This is sad. So what do we have here today? You know what I'm thinking? I looked at this, and what is interesting is there's two things that have become very clear. This impeachment is not really about facts. If it was, I believe the other committees would have sent over recommendations for impeachment. No, they're putting it on this committee because if it goes badly, I guess they want to blame Adam Schiff's committee and the HIPC and others want to blame this committee for it going bad. Um, but they're already drafting articles. Don't be even fooled. They're already getting ready for this. We've already went after this with the Ukraine after numerous failings of Mueller, Cohen, annulments, the list goes, emoluments, the list goes on. But the American people are obviously failing to see us legislate. But if you want to know what's really driving this, there's two things. It's called the clock and the calendar. The clock and the calendar. Most people in life, if you want to know what they truly value, you look at their, you look at their uh, checkbook and their calendar. You know what they value. That's what this committee values time. They want to do it before the end of the year. Why? Because the chairman said it just a second ago. Because we're scared of the elections next year. We're scared of the elections that we'll lose again. So we've got to do this now. The clock and the calendar are what's driving impeachment, not the facts. When we understand this, that's what the witnesses here will say today. What do we have here today? What is really interesting over the today and for the next few weeks is America will see why most people don't go to law school. No offense to our professors, but please, really, we're bringing you in here today to testify on stuff that most of you have already written about, all four, for the opinions that we already know, out of the classrooms that maybe you're getting ready for finals in, to discuss things that you probably haven't even had a chance to, unless you're really good on TV or watching the hearings for the last couple of weeks, you couldn't have possibly actually digested the Adam Schiff report from yesterday or the Republican response in any real way. Now, we can be theoretical all we want, but the American people is really going to look at this and say, huh, what are we doing? Because there's no fact witnesses planned for this committee. That's an interesting thing. Frankly, there's no plan at all except next week an ambiguous hearing on the presentation from the, HIPC, the other committee that sent us the report and Judiciary Committee, which I'm not still sure what they want us to present on, and nothing else. No plan. I asked the chairman before we left for Thanksgiving to stay in touch. Let's talk about what we have because history will shine a bright light on us starting this morning. Crickets. Until I asked for a witness the other day, and let's just say that didn't go well. There's no whistleblower. And by the way, it was proved today that he's not or she's not afforded the protection of identity. It's not in the uh, statute. It's just something that was discussed by Adam Schiff. 
We also don't have Adam Schiff who wrote the report. He said yesterday in a press conference, I'm not going to. I'll send um, staff to do that. He's not going to, but you know, to me, if he was wanting to, he'd come begging to us. But you know, here's the problem. It sums it up very simply like this. Just 19 minutes after noon on Inauguration Day 2017, the Washington Post ran the headline, The Campaign to Impeach the President Has Begun. Mm. Mark Zabb, who would later become the attorney for the infamous whistleblower, tweeted in January 2017, The coup has started. The impeachment will follow ultimately. And in May of this year, Al Green says, If we don't impeach the president, he'll get reelected. You want to know what's happening? Here we go. Why did everything that I say up to this point about no fact witnesses, nothing for the Judiciary Committee, which spent two and a half weeks before this hearing was even held under Clinton, two and a half weeks, we didn't even find your names out until less than 48 hours ago. Wow. This is a absolute circus. And I think Jonathan Turley is about to say it best on what they should do. And uh, we'll cover that coming up in just a minute. This is just insanity. It's just insanity what's what's happening uh, in uh, Washington, D.C. They're now arguing over what's an objection and what's a proper objection. They're doing all these parliamentary things. And Nadler is behaving a little like Schiff on this, just pushing it through. And, you know, I can't even ask questions about the parliamentary rulings. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and bring some of this up. Period. That's the reply. I'm asking how will they be applied here, sir? They will be applied according to the rules. But not answering your question. A circular uh, response. Thank you. And, Mr. Chairman, that, can yes. you please also iterate the schedule going forward? In other words, that are you planning to hold additional hearings? And if so, gentlemen, when do you The gentleman will suspend. Releasing or that is not a proper parliamentary inquiry. Without objection, all other opening statements will be included in the record. What's going on here is a bunch of nonsense, basically. But the interesting part about it is, for whatever reason, Democrats want this to go fast. I don't think Republicans, honestly, have much of a preference. I mean, I think you can make an argument that fast or slow is better for Republicans, but they're just trying to slow it down because the Democrats don't want it to go slow. And I, I just have a feeling um, that, you know, uh, Swalwell switched his vote, uh, said, I don't think we should impeach him. That's, you know, pretty incredible. Uh, or at least he hinted in that direction yesterday. Mm. Um, and I'm wondering if the GOP isn't right, that they've kind of moved this over to the judiciary. So you don't know who to put the blame on on where it fell apart. And the co-director of the Supreme Court Litigation Clinic at Stanford Law School. She is the co-author of several leading case books, including a monograph entitled Keeping Faith with the Constitution and dozens of scholarly articles. She served as a law clerk to Justice Harry Blackburn of the United States Supreme Court and as a Deputy Assistant Attorney General in the Civil Rights Division of the United States Department of Justice, where she was responsible, among other things, for reviewing the work of the department's voting section. <laughs> Professor Carlin earned three degrees from Yale University, a BA in history, an MA in history, and a JD from Yale Law School. 
Michael Gerhardt is the Burton Craig Distinguished Professor of Jurisprudence. So now what they're doing the today, and the only reason why I'm covering any of this is I, I really want to hear Jonathan Turley. He's the one that um, people know. He is, he pisses people off on both sides. He was for the Clinton impeachment. He was then also for uh, war crimes uh, against George W. Bush and his administration. Uh, and he is vehemently against this. And his reasoning is quite remarkable uh, and very, very well stated in his 54 page uh, uh, statement. Chair of Public Interest Law at George Washington University Law School, where he teaches torts, criminal procedure, and constitutional law. After a stint at Tulane Law School, Professor Turley joined the GW Law Facu Faculty in 1990, and in 1998 became the youngest chaired professor in the school's history. He has written over three dozen academic articles for a variety of leading law schools, of leading law journals, I'm sorry, and his articles on legal and policy issues appear frequently in national publications. A Chicago native, Professor Turley earned degrees from the University of Chicago and Northwestern University School of Law. I will now, we welcome all our distinguished witnesses. We thank um, them for As they're going through the uh, resumes of these guys, it's interesting that Jerry Nadler has essentially lost an entire current Jerry Nadler from himself, from former Jerry Nadler, who was approximately 934 pounds. Wow, I didn't even um, notice that. Yeah, he is. He has lost a ton of weight since the Clinton. You can watch the Clinton impeachment clips where he's on the exact opposite side of all of these issues, and that's why they keep getting posted. But I just keep seeing. Did that? Did past Jerry Nadler eat current Jerry Nadler? What? How? Do you say he maybe vomited this Jerry Nadler out? <laughs> I think it's possible. Yeah, it could, could be. I mean, another investigation. Get yeah. Mueller on the phone. I just want to see. The light switches from green to yellow. They just took the uh, the oath, uh, and um, and now they're telling him when you have to shut up. And I wish that light would go off, but hopefully they're going to start with Turley. No, they're not. I don't think you're on the mic. It's, it, the selection of witnesses here is interesting because there are plenty Mr. of Chairman, before we get Republican leaning and libertarian leaning legal experts that have been critical of Trump here. They have the opportunity to call three legal experts and they call all liberals. They don't go to like someone who can maybe understand both sides, but is siding with them. They call all liberals. And then Turley is the Republican witness here, who is very often been on the side of the liberals. Mm -hmm. But here he agrees and he, there's no love. What I like about Jonathan Turley is he's been outspoken many times against Donald Trump. He does not have any love for Donald Trump at all. He's just saying this is the wrong way to do this. If you have a case, make it. Yeah. Go ahead. Make the case. Call the witnesses. Go through the difficult process of impeachment if you believe impeachment's the right thing. Don't just jam this through before Christmas. Let's go through a little bit of his conclusion as we're hearing some of the others. And keep the keep the hearing up so we can dip in and out. Let me give you a little what bit here. This is Noah Feldman, Harvard. For high crimes and misdemeanors means. And last, how it applies to the question before you and before the American people whether President Trump has committed impeachable offenses under the Constitution. Let me begin by stating my conclusions. The framers provided for the impeachment of the president because they feared that the president might abuse the power of his office for personal benefit, to corrupt the electoral process and ensure his reelection, or to subvert the national security of the United States. 
high crimes and misdemeanors are abuses of power and of public trust connected to the office of the presidency. On the basis of the testimony and the evidence before the House, President Trump has committed impeachable high crimes and misdemeanors by corruptly abusing the office of the presidency. Okay. Specifically, let me go. President let me go off there. You have the guy from the Democrats saying, President yes, based on the evidence, he has done that. OK, I want you to listen what Turley has to say, and I'm not sure we're going to be able to squeeze him in because we have John Solomon also coming up on the program. He is really important to talk to today because we found out that Adam Schiff was was tracking his phone calls. Yeah, and the entire impeachment inquiry is revolving around John Solomon and his reporting. Yeah. I mean, he's in literally named all over the place yeah. in this uh, investigation and you know, been treated completely unfairly by the media. And we will uh, we'll talk to him coming up in about uh, 20 minutes from now, so stand by for that. But I want to give you some of the highlights from the conclusion of Turley. Now listen to this. He says, uh, let me be candid here for a second uh, at the end of my statement. I get it. You're mad. The president is mad. My Democratic friends are mad. My Republican friends are mad. My wife is mad. My kids are mad. Even my dog is mad. And Luna is a golden, golden doodle, and they are never mad. Which is that, That's a legalistic opinion, apparently. Uh, we are all mad, and where has it taken us? Will a slipshod impeachment make us less mad, or will it only give us an invitation for the madness to follow in every future administration? That is why this is wrong. It's not wrong because President Trump is right. I mean, you could see he's trying to to appeal to you know, a sensible Democrat or, or someone in the middle or someone who's on the right. Somebody who takes their oath seriously. Yeah. His call was anything but perfect, and his reference to the Bidens was highly inappropriate. It is not wrong because the House has no legitimate reason to investigate the Ukrainian controversy. The use of military aid for quid pro quo to investigate one's political opponent, if proven, can be an impeachable offense. It is not wrong because we are in election year. There is no good time for an impeachment, but this process concerns the constitutional right to hold office in this term, not the next. No, it is wrong because this is not how an American president should be impeached. For two years, members of this committee have declared that criminal and impeachable acts were established for everything from treason to conspiracy to obstruction. However, no action was taken to impeach. Suddenly, just a few weeks ago, the House announced that it would begin an impeachment inquiry and push for a final vote in just a matter of weeks. To do so, the House Intelligence Committee declared that it would uh, not subpoena a host of witnesses who have direct knowledge of any quid pro quo. Instead, it will proceed on a record composed of a relatively small number of witnesses with largely secondhand knowledge of the position. The only three direct conversations with President Trump do not contain a statement of quid pro quo and two expressly deny such a precondition. The, the House has offered compelling arguments why those two calls can be discounted by the fact that President Trump had knowledge of the underlying whistleblower complaint. However, this does not change the fact that it is moving forward based on conjecture, assuming what the evidence would show if there existed a time or inclination to establish it. The military aid was released after a delay that the witnesses described as not uncommon for this or prior administrations. This is not a case of the unknowable. It's the case of the peripheral. The House testimony is replete with references to witnesses like John Bolton, Rudy Giuliani, and he says Mick, Mike Mulvaney in the text, but it's Mick Mulvaney, um, who clearly hold material information. To impeach a president on such record would be to expose every future president to the same type of impeachment. Absolutely true. And what he, he talks about uh, there uh, is, go to the Inchote 
That's the last line to ensure the impeachment. Uh, to yeah. impeach a president on such a record would be to expose every future president to the same type of impeachment. Okay, so in Choate, an inchote crime is an attempted crime. Okay, so in inchote means. Uh, do you want, based on hearsay of some people, but not the whole group, not all the available witnesses, do you want to put a position out that any president can be impeached with only half of the story on a crime that was in choke, that was only possible and attempted, not committed? When you don't know the facts, it's an alleged crime that he attempted. That's a whole different story. And he makes a very strong case in his in his outline that you cannot set this precedence. Yeah, he says in this age of rage, many are appealing for us to simply put the law aside and just do it like this is some impulse by Nike sneaker. You can certainly do that. You can declare the definitions of crimes alleged are immaterial, and this is an exercise of politics, not law. However, the legal definitions and standards that I have addressed in my testimony are the very thing dividing rage from reason. So, so accurate. And remember, this is not a guy who likes Donald Trump. He's not a big Trump guy. He's not at all. (laughs) Listening to these calls uh, to dispense with such legal niceties brings to mind a famous scene with Sir Thomas More and A Man for All Seasons. In a critical exchange, More is accused by his son-in-law, William Roper, of putting the law before morality, and that Moore would give the devil the benefit of law. When Moore asked Roper who would instead cut a, a great road through the law to get to the devil, Roper proudly declares, yes, I'd cut down every law in England to do that. Moore responds by saying, and when that last law was down and the devil turned around on you, where would you hide, Roper, with the laws being flat? This country is planted thick with laws from coast to coast, man's laws, not God's. And if you cut them down, you're just the man to do it, uh, and you're just the man to do it, you really think that you could stand upright in the winds that would blow then. Yes, I'd give the devil the benefit of the law, because I have, even for my own safety's sake. That is like, you know, a great... An American principle. Yeah, I mean, like, yes, even the terrible people get the benefit of law. Even the white supremacists get the benefit of the First Amendment. Even someone you don't like gets the benefit of the Second Amendment. Let's just say, if you're a Democrat and don't like the color of their skin, and their name is Martin Luther King, they still get the benefit of the Second Amendment. These things apply to everyone, even a president you don't like. So I'm reading a book, Poisoner-in-Chief, and it is fascinating because it's about a guy who did wicked medical experience uh, experiments at fort dietrich okay horrible horrible guy um and it starts with him being a good guy but then they start to not really worry about all of the laws because this is just too important and the excuses they make for the japanese mad scientists and the german mad scientists they skirt all the way around the laws for a lot of them, uh, and they bring them in because it's just too important. Every time we say it's just too important, we do something really, really bad. We, we have these laws and emotion, and Americans made the right choice on that. Americans said, no, 
no Operation Paperclip. You're not to excuse these people. But what did Congress do? Congress started having hearings and they started saying, you know, look at these people. They don't care about your safety. Look at all these people over here on the Republican side that are just, they don't care about your safety at all. They'd rather have you die than work with these guys. When you get into anger and emotion, you always make the wrong move. So do you have lingering questions about the DNC's corruption in Ukraine, the Democrats' case for President Trump's impeachment, or how George Soros fits into all of it? Now is your chance to ask me your questions. Tweet your question to the Twitter account at The Blaze. Use the hashtag AskGlenn, and you may see your question and your answer in tomorrow's Glenn Beck TV broadcast, 5 p.m. Eastern. Trolls and critics are welcome. You're listening to Glenn Beck.